Well, hello again. Hello. This is Hannah Smith of Friends, aka Roadside Shaman on Instagram. How appropriate. You can hear very how much by the roadside I am today. Um, I'm I'm at the roadside, but I'm also at my hearth space because lo and behold, that's where I dwell. I dwell at the roadside. Um, I'm responding to the call. I'm responding to the call that dear brother Mark has put out into the universe, into the collective um, understanding that we have flowing through this conversation on Open Lines Radio. And... I mean, I guess I just decided that I wasn't going to be so precious about what was preserved. In other words, I was trying to like prepare myself to manifest a good episode. You know, wanted to make my <clears throat> make sure I was grounded in some sort of neutral slash positive space. Um, you know, I was putting filters up. And all of those filters, I realize, are just barriers to the conversation. And he's got a call. He's put a call out for three hours of content a day. Three hours of content a day from Open Lines Radio. Okay, so what does that mean for me? That means that there are 21 opportunities um, to fill an hour every week. That means that my one contribution, my one hour, my so usually it's less than an hour. Um, usually it's much less than an hour. It, it's not cutting it. So I either need to do a longer conversation, which I don't feel is really appropriate because it's hard to get that much of a chunk of time all at once um, working through, you know, working through a, a conscious conversation with yourself without any feedback from another human is very difficult to sustain for much longer than an hour. Um, and the attentional focus of the humans listening, I'm sure, wanes way, 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 way well before that point. So, the bottom line is, I felt called to respond. And I guess what I'm feeling called to do is to at least attempt to record myself for one hour every day. And I'm not saying that I'll share that hour every day, because I'm sure that if I process that much, there's going to be a lot of it that is just not relevant, not, I mean, just, it could just be something, a personal message for me. It could be something that's so intimate that I don't feel comfortable sharing it yet. It might be something that I feel like is appropriate to share, but I need to sit on it for a little while, maybe have some... Uh, private conversations with uh, other people before publishing it that, you know, ooh, there's a lizard. Hi, lizard. In case you guys haven't been able to tell by the background noise, which I'm sure there is a significant amount, I'm out watering my garden. I'm watering my field. 
I'm blessing our dwelling place. Because you know what? Coming up on full moon. Yep, we're coming up on one more full moon. I'm very, very eager to be through this bit of energy. It feels like the full moon will be a, another big shift point for everyone. So anyways, I'm out in my yard watering. But I also have a cake in the oven, two cakes in the oven, which feels like a huge manifestation for me personally because I've really been struggling to cook. I mean, I love cooking. Cooking is one of my like deep medicines, my spiritual gifts, my hobbies, my passions, my special interests. You know, like I love cooking, but it has just been a very challenging activity for me over the past several years because of you know, medical issues and personal relational issues, family dynamics, scheduling, uh, money issues, you know, all the various barriers that people have to slow food and preparing their own food. I mean, I've, I've got a triple portion of them. Uh, so anytime I cook anything, especially if it's from scratch, you know, not from like just reheated from a box, but anytime I cook anything, in my kitchen, I feel a strong sense of accomplishment and purpose. It almost doesn't even matter if anybody eats it. It doesn't matter if it's any good. <laughs> Although, I do, you know, I try. Even with all of my weird <coughs> intuitive instructions on strange ingredient adjustments or additions, um, I, I think it always does end up tasting pretty good, usually. Um, so the cakes that I have in the oven at the moment, uh, I wish I could do smell-o-vision for you guys because they are what I'm going to call a praise pollinators uh, caramel praline cake because they have all these like mixed nuts caramel praline goo on the bottom, kind of like you would do for like a coffee cake or a pineapple upside down cake, you know, where you put like the caramel and the fruit and the nuts and whatever on the bottom. So I have this like lovely, salty, spicy, mixed nut caramel goo on the bottom of these pans. One's a heart-shaped silicone cake pan and the other one is a uh, bunt, a silicone fluted bunt pan. So, I've got this layer, ooh, yellow butterfly, hi, chartreuse. Oh, I love a good yellow butterfly, don't you? It's just like a burst of joy flies through your universe. Wow. There we go, out of eyesight. Sorry, I have to honor the butterfly until they're out of eyesight. It's just between me and my grandmas, don't mind me. Um, Grandma Mary is chartreuse. Grandma Barbara is orange or black. You know, monarchs and such. Um, what was I telling you about? Oh, my cake. See, are, aren't the butterflies such a lovely distraction? 
I'm telling you about this cake I'm making. So praise pollinators because it has quite a bit of honey in all of the different layers of ingredients and we need our pollinators. We, we need our pollinators in order to survive. I use honey quite a bit medicinally. It's one of my most sacred um, medicinal communions is with honey. I make all kinds of herbal tinctures, decoctions. I've made my child's chocolate syrup, homemade chocolate syrup, more times than I can count using a, what I call a, it's my sweetener blend. I mix maple syrup, honey, and molasses, blackstrap molasses, all together. And then you add some cocoa powder in that, boom, you got chocolate sauce. I mean, you have to add some salt too. And I usually add black pepper and turmeric because I'm weird, but um, chocolate chai. Woohoo! Sorry, I'm a little out of breath because I'm climbing up the bank in various locations. I'm trying not to stand in the same places that I used to stand watering my field because we had another collision recently, lost our mailbox. The truck took out several of my succulents on the hill, lost about 20 plants, I counted. Anyway, so that's why I love honey. I make a lot of medicine with honey, and so I put a lot of honey in this cake, and I'm naming it in honor and service of that. It has bananas in it too, because kind of like banana bread. I also put some agave through the um, modality of some vanilla extract that I made. I make a homemade vanilla extract I make using tequila as the um, solution instead of vodka like usually when you or sometimes people use rum or bourbon but um, the instructions with the vanilla beans I purchased told to use really cheap vodka and I was like or I could make it sacred and use my favorite tequila since I don't drink tequila anymore, I can have it in I can have it in my desserts as flavorings. That's still all right. That doesn't make my inflama inflammatory process get triggered too badly. So yeah, this cake's gonna be thebomb.com. And I know that's a silly thing to say, but I guess I'm thinking of... I guess I'm trying to dismiss how proud I am by using slang that isn't cool. <laughs> I sound like a nerd. It's a Hayoka moment. Self-deprecation. I gotta watch that. Because self-deprecation is not really good. Hannah Gadsby taught us that. Oh, hey, shout out to Hannah Gadsby since I just said her name. I'm going to give her a shout out. If you guys have the Netflix or have access to the Netflix, I highly recommend checking out Hannah Gadsby has a comedy special entitled Nanette. And it's not really, I mean, it's hilarious in portions, but it's like 
life-changing, mind-blowing, you know, consciousness-raising in other parts. You know, it's absolutely a challenge and a cultural moment. Um, she, she is just really, she's sort of tearing down the construct of what we've made that comedy is like this at least the way stand-up comedy typically is done the format that it's in which is a lot of self-deprecation and she's basically she doesn't want to be shaming anyone she doesn't want to be shaming herself she doesn't want to be shaming it's like she basically was talking about how there aren't any targets for that kind of energy you know and so I don't know I just would recommend it it was uh <laughs> it became my special interest for a pretty good while, which if you don't know autistic s slang, that means I became like inappropriately obsessed with it for a period of time to the point of distraction where like I basically wasn't, I was interested in it, especially to the exclusion of pretty much anything else. So uh, I watched it on repeat. I watched it like five, eight, ten times. I don't know. I found special sections and just played segments of it and like I cried so much I mean just like these transformative purgative weeping just silently watching this woman bear her soul and share her experience and just have so much resonance with it it's like incredible that you could have that much resonance with someone who lives on a whole other continent and she's and yet it just feels like me. Ooh, ooh, I found a feather, you guys. Oh my gosh, a really gorgeous one. A stripey one. I love stripey feathers. Yay. That's why you guys should hang out outside. There's treasures everywhere. I found a beautiful, um, kind of like rusty looking quartz. It has like a lovely pink tone. And I found a lovely, like, blackish gray and white stripey feather very beautiful and because of that storm we've got some Halloween green popping up in the field I've got these little teeny tiny I don't know grasses wildflower clover whatever the heck they are but it's just starting to turn green it feels amazing Southern California living in the chaparral doesn't take much water for all the little plants to go yay quick quick guys Grow, 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 <laughs> while the water's here. They know how to do it. I, I think maybe that's why I spend so much time communing with the different plants, is because I feel like they have such wisdom to share as far as like Well, like states of attention through which they'll thrive you know like sometimes they get all kinds of love and attention and abundance and rain pouring down and fertilizer and you know they happen to live by a nice little brook with lots of water flowing through seasonally and there's not too many predators nearby and they thrive you know and then you look at other things like you see like this 
dandelion growing out of like a side of a crack in a brick in a building like eight stories up and you just look at it and you go what in the world are you tapped into that you're making a go of it here <laughs> you know so I just I look at where plants thrive I look at territories they claim I look at how plants take up space they go where they're not invited you know what I mean plants <laughs> plants are volunteers they just show up you know yeah sure okay plants are farmable you know harvestable you can sort of like determine where you want them to show up a little bit I guess but I don't know I think a lot of plants thrive under the medicine of neglect I mean I uh, I have a very complicated relationship with gardening sort of like the whole cooking thing I was talking about like I love the idea of it or I love doing parts of it or maybe I used to love it you know it's like I can't quite decide how I feel about it. it's like I wish I loved it no that's not accurate I used to wish I love it now I actually love it and I'm just bad at it and I feel guilty for killing all the plants <laughs> okay okay all right that's that's the real tea there we go I've officially grown out of just wanting to love it I actually do love it I love gardening and I just acknowledge how uh, unskilled I am in purposeful gardening and so all I can really do is bless the field with my attentional focus you know oh two more little perfect white feathers oh my gosh they're just everywhere today aren't they messages from spirit hallelujah um, so, yeah, I do, I do really recognize, I do really recognize the bliss that comes from communing with the nature spirits being out in the garden, but it's like, that's almost why I don't like intervening too much, you know, I like just watching what's there and you know, shaping a little bit here and there, pulling this plant up, picking it up, maybe putting it in a pot, moving it to another part of the yard, you know. I don't do that whole thing of like, oh my gosh, all these weeds need to be yanked out and thrown away. Like, I like that, that, that little saying on my tea tag, you know, how you get like the fancy organic teas, or you get the like herbal medicine teas, or you get like the um, <coughs> yogi traditional Ayurvedic teas, and they always have some sort of inspirational saying or slogan on them. So one of my favorite ones of those is the one that reads, um, it reads, the difference between a weed and a flower is a judgment. And I'm just like, yes, that, that feels 100% accurate that feels like my vibe that's that's it I just I feel like they're all flowers even the most strange little weeds I I feel strange picking them up from where they've decided they want to be it feels like I'm 
and forced evacuation. I don't want to. I don't want to make the plant not be there. But you know, I understand. It's all balance. So there you go. Complicated relationship with gardening. Complicated relationship with cooking. Complicated. Whatever. That's a silly word. I should stop using that word. That just makes things more muddy. I'm trying to be impeccable with my speech. It's a little bit of a challenge sometimes. Oh, let's check. Are we getting a rise? Should be interesting because it's uh, gluten-free, eggless. So it should be pretty heavy. But that's all right. All right. I feel like I have stalled out in my flow because I'm attending to rudimentary tasks. And that can't be compelling listening for y'all. Is it fascinating to listen to me putter around my kitchen? Is that is that compelling? Is that transformative? <laughs> oh, how about it's a, a window into my daily life or my sometimes daily life. That's what it is. It is. It's its ongoing theme of transparency. Isn't that what we said at the very get-go? Transparency. Authenticity, transparency, well, that's it, just live narrating what I'm doing. And now I'm having that panic moment where I wonder, is it still recording? Is it really recording? Or did it accidentally shut off in my pocket? Did a drop of water turn it off? And I look, 22 minutes in, we're good, we're so good still working. I love this app. You guys should try it. It's just called Audio Recorder. It's like free download. Very easy to use on my phone. I tried one on the computer and I did that two times. And while I did sort of like the ease of editing things like pausing and like linking things together, trimming things, I did like that. I had an issue where I recorded a whole entire hour of content and it just lost it. And I mean, okay, operator error, I get it, but there was also the factor that I would have to be with my laptop. My laptop is not functioning very well right now. It um, needs a new battery and so like it shuts off if it's not plugged in right away and everything. So I just... I just felt like I needed something that was going to work with my phone because I'm, I always have my phone with me, virtually always, and I very rarely have easy access to the laptop because I have to share it with other humans. And also, when I don't have to share it with other humans, a lot of times I have to be like up and out and doing other things. and. Or even if I'm here, then it's too loud because then the other humans are here at the house. And then so background noise, which I mean, there's different levels of background noise. There's the background noise of being out in the road and the watering the garden. And then there's background noise of personal family conversations that 
maybe the other individuals in my household don't want disseminated to the entirety of humanity. So there's that consideration. So, yeah. <sighs> Deep breath. That's a good reminder. Oh, I just felt that way down low, way down low in my body. I just felt that breath. I felt everybody say, yeah, let's all take a breath. Let's all take a breath. Let's all take a breath. good to remember that we're breathers. It's good to remember to breathe. It's good to remind ourselves to breathe. When we feel tightened up or constricted or what have you. It's good. It's good. <sighs> there was one other thing I was going to mention. I had like put a little mental post-it note to talk about it the next time I recorded something. What was it? Oh, oh, well, first of all, I do want to mention this, that regarding the plants in the garden, the medicine of neglect, I did ask for advice from the most skilled gardener I know, which is Holly, and she said, throw, throw the seeds down and ignore them. Wildflowers wild thrive in neglect. They do best if you neglect them. So there you go. It was my instinct to neglect them. I just, and I just had to go and acquire some wildflower seeds. I've planted some in my yard, but there's a specific variety that I really want to um, explore relationship with because I've been using the essential oil of helichrysum for years now. It's one of my most powerful healing allies. Helichrysum is great for skin and wound soothing. It helps um, heal like um, cellular boundaries. Just, it's just a great thing for wound healing. And as I may have mentioned before, I have had a lot of wounds on this body and had to heal a lot of uh, tender, fragile tissues. And so, yeah, I love helichrysum. And then all of a sudden, I saw what the flowers actually looked like, and I went, oh, hell yes, I have got to have some of this in my life. Like, they are so gorgeous. They're just like these little geometric explosions of fractal color balls, and apparently they hold their color really well, like over long periods of time, so like they dry well. So that's my jam. I love flowers that have a color that's strong, and especially if it lasts after it's dried. I just, I mean, so yeah, I'm going to try to plant or encourage to grow in my local land that I'm in stewardship over. I'm going to try to get some helichrysum to grow. I hope. I hippity hop hope. That and the California golden poppy, which I, I don't understand how I can have this much land and not have any poppies on it. It's like my parents' yard is filled with them. I mean, they're all along the roadside. They're everywhere. But how do I have no poppies in my field? Because there's so much status. That's why. 
status is the ones that have like the white or the purple tiny little puff balls, like teeny tiny flowers at the top. They're very tall, green stems, very like sturdy. And they, those ones, they're dry and they stay, they keep their color forever. Like, I mean, <clears throat> very long, not forever. Nothing lasts forever except for your eternal soul and divine consciousness, the light. Anyways, so the thing that I was going to say after I had that long little side jog down into uh, plant neglect town is I felt the call from uh, Mark about Open Lines Radio and wanting to get more shows together. And I feel like there's a lot of people that are maybe... Um, holding back, in other words, not stepping up, not saying, yes, I have something to say, because they're thinking in terms of an ongoing situation. They're thinking in terms of, oh, no, if I say yes once, I have to do it every week, or I have to do it every day, or I have to do it once a month, or I have to do it more than once. And I guess what I was thinking of is we can offer you a portal to just tell one story. That's really what Open Lines Radio started as. It's just a portal to let people call in and tell a story, give a perspective, have an opinion, you know, speak into the moment, join the conversation, the collaboration of now, help create that thing that didn't exist until you walked in the room, until you knocked on the door digitally, until you, you know, slid into Mark's DMs <laughs> to use a more uh, digital vernacular. Yeah, you can speak out and just make that one comment, and it doesn't have to be an hour-long story. We have containers for your voice. We have, you know, books to hold your story, and we're just asking for you all to step up and speak into this opportunity because we all grow from that processing. We all grow from being able to hear each other's perspectives. Anytime someone speaks their truth aloud and, he and hears it echoed, you know, reverbed, affirmed, just knows that it was spoken, that's healing. It's transformative and it's biological. And I, I mean, I won't get into all of the like mechanics of why that physically does heal you, but suffice it to say it does. Speaking your stories, telling your truth, you know, saying what you really resonate with aloud so that another human can hear it. Even if you don't know that human, even if the human doesn't know you, there's something that happens that that heals. It, it transforms, it shapes, it releases, it unburdens. So, yeah, be be that uh, be that last little final final almighty yawp that joins all of the little critters so that um, they're finally heard from the tiny puffball. Do you guys know Dr. Seuss? Do you know Horton hears a who? I should see if I have a paper copy of it because I could read it to y'all. That would be 
I don't know. Is Seuss is still good without the pictures, right? I mean, I know the Seussian is really all about the pictures, but he does have some interesting tongue twisters and silly word games. Let's see what we have down here in the box of kid books. Talk about talk about neglected. I don't think I don't think Truman likes reading very many of these. Cat in the Hat, the Tooth Book. A fly went by. Nope, I guess I don't have well, I don't have it here anyway. It's probably in his bedroom somewhere. I know we have a copy of it somewhere. Anyway, the whole point is, with Horton Hears a Who, um, it's all about scale and about who counts as a person and whose opinion counts as a person. I think it's very appropriate to bring this imagery up considering where we are within our electoral rhythms. We're about to vote again, choose to use our voices to decide what we want our local policies to be, our local elections, our national, federal representatives in many cases are going to be determined in the next couple weeks. Some people are already voting, they're already doing early voting. In California we can do mail-in ballots. I have, uh, I have my ballot sitting on the counter, it just arrived Yesterday, I started looking through it, so um, yeah, it feels like this is an appropriate story for this time because Horton hears something. He hears something that no one else can hear. He hears the sound of a voice of a person crying out. He recognized that person. He acknowledged their voice. He leaned in and he listened for more. He developed curiosity about them and their ways. He started a conversation. He protected that community while it was being threatened from his community. He intervened. He put his life and his own well-being in between the, the unruly and ignorant mob and his newly found community of friends. That's what Horton did, this big elephant protecting this tiny little community on a puffball, on a clover. I mean, think of that, an elephant holding a little clover out of the way of a bunch of angry, uh, angry critters that were his friends and neighbors, by the way. They weren't enemies to him. He stepped up in defense of these new friends under the threat of his, of his community, the people that he knew as dear and precious. So, um, so that's, that's the large-scale view. That's, that's what Horton sees. That's what the mob sees. What do people see from inside the scale of the clover? What do people experience from there? They just hear the ruckus. They hear the yelling. They hear the fear. Their world is rolling about. They're just crying out for help. And everyone is being asked to aid in the cry. Everyone is being asked to pray. Everyone asked, is being asked to speak out in their faith and say, wait, if we all yell loud enough, maybe they'll hear us and maybe the shaking will stop. Maybe we'll be okay. And there were doubters. There were people that thought that their voice wouldn't matter. 
they thought that them adding to the call would in no way shift things. But the lesson at the end of that story is that it took the very last who down in Whoville, in that tiny little clover, the very last one, to stand up and add their mighty yawp, their cry, their heart cry. They had to add that final heart cry to pierce the veil of consciousness of scale to get that sound, to get that vibration, to get that message, to get that communication out beyond the veil of, of unconsciousness, the veil of ignorance. In order to pierce that veil of ignorance, everyone's collective voice, collective voice was called for. Everyone's collective voice was needed in that moment. It was cumulative and... It worked. The bottom line is it worked. It took all of them, but they did it, and it got done. So my point is, even if you just have one story to tell, even if you just have a little fl flickering of a maybe, I don't know, I might like doing this, follow that flicker. Lean into that curiosity, okay? Because we humans are curious about each other. We want to hear your stories. We want to know the stories only you know. And, and I mean, that's, that's really what it's about. We have to share them so they don't disappear. I had a lovely time on our way back from Phoenix this past weekend. I went to um, congratulate my older sister on receiving her master's degree. <laughs> It was awesome. It was so rad. <sighs> yes, just praise teachers. So she uh, got her master's degree. It was also her birthday. So we were on our way back from that trip. We stopped for lunch, and I saw Deborah Mars, Venus by Mars Jewelry, uh, on Instagram. You may have heard her speak on Open Lines Radio before and heard some of her beautifully compelling, profound perspectives on things. Well, we had a very lovely lunch together. My parents were with me, my mother and father, and she was there. So it was the four of us. We sat down in this lovely little um, natural eating place called Wildest Greens. And it, it was just lovely. I mean, it was just a beautiful time of sharing. And we spoke of our ancestors most of all. It was like we were trading ancestor stories like baseball cards throughout the entire event it was it was just really well it was beautiful I don't I don't have another descriptor for it I had such a lovely time with her I loved hearing about her grandparents and her parents and her and her growing up and the family lore and I loved hearing my parents share their family lore and and just making space for that, you know? We didn't just rush home from our weekend. We didn't try to make good time, you know? We pulled over on the side of the road, and we had a nice, lengthy, abundant, restful period of communion. We, we, we just we celebrated each other. We celebrated connection and unity and unification 
I mean, oh my goddess, if that ain't church on a Sunday, I don't know what is. I mean, if that conversation, speaking of our, of our ancestors, if that was not divine communion on a Sunday afternoon, I do not know what is. It was lovely. It was beautiful. And you know what else? I got a present. She gave me a present, you guys. Oh, my God. It was our first time meeting in person. We had only talked on the Instagrams before, you know, and, like, texted and stuff. But she gave me a present. She made me my my very own bit of adornment, which is, like, you know how I feel about adornment. I mean, at least if you've seen any of my pictures on Instagram, I'm sure you've seen all of the random nonsense dangling around my neck and painted all up over my body. I I adore adornment medicine. And she gave me a lovely piece that is beyond functional. It's so beautiful. It's lightweight, comfortable, easy to tie on, take off, flexible in length, natural materials. Um, and it's functional. Hi, it has diffuser beads on it. It has those like little lava porous beads that you can put essential oils on. So I could put like my helichrysum essential oil on it. Oh, or any, I could put any essential oil really. Um, and it had um, turquoise because she knows that, you know, I'm honoring my indigeneity. Um, and that's very important stone to a lot of, a lot of communities a lot of indigenous communities use turquoise i personally commune with it because to me it's oak tamale the blue green um chickasaw the chickasaw word for blue and the chickasaw word for green are both the same oak tamale so whenever i think of oak tamale i think of turquoise whenever i see turquoise or teal or celadon or cerulean anything that's in that sort of blue green family I think oak tamale, oak tamale, oak tamale. So uh, I'm probably going to call a moon name after after I had thought about it before calling something oak tamale moon. Um, and this confirms it for sure and certain because guess what the feature is on the necklace? Because those are all those little side beads, little, um, uh, like little, uh, not accessory, what's the right word? They're like the the decoration on the side of the main pendant, and the main pendant in the middle is a Tibetan moon symbol. It looks like um, it looks like an upside down silver rainbow almost. Um, and so, I don't know. To me, it's like Okshamali moon necklace. So, Deborah Mars gave me the moon. I got I got a moon from Venus by Mars. Now that is an astrological event if ever there was one. <laughs> oh lordy oh lordy well we are getting on up there in time wise and I'm going to have to go and check on my cakes and perhaps take them out of the oven which means I'm going to need to have both my hands unencumbered and also not be at risk of um, uh, I'm I'm hoping to not be at risk of you know, sh shouting in expletive into the phone because I accidentally touched a hot pan or something. You know, basically can't is better than won't. So I ought to sign out now, sign off now, sign out and sign off. <laughs> I don't know. 
this is what I do know. I'm going to end with what I do know. What I do know is that Mark and Holly are doing an amazing thing here by offering this portal, and I'm going to do what I can to make sure that it gets put to good use and that every opportunity that we have to submit something to the consciousness, to, you know, every, basically that every cup is filled, every seat is filled, every slot on the open mic night is filled in. I'm, I'm going to do what I can to try to pull more people in for more conversations. And even if that means that I'm just, you know, calling people up to have a chat with them like he does with his brother Doug show, the Sabbat Shalom, I think those are fascinating. I love listening to them pick apart a topic or, you know, tell different sides of the same family story. I mean, it's just some of the most interesting, comforting, and compelling things I've listened to in a in a good while. And I love hearing when Mark and Holly sit down together and take some calls and have a conversation with somebody new that I haven't met before. I love that. And, I mean, I've told you guys how I feel about how great Soraya the Great is. The messages that are being shared there, the realness, that sort of, um, yeah, that authenticity that I vibe with so hardcore. Like, I'm feeling that conversation, you guys. I'm feeling it. There's a lot of stuff that I don't have to say because she said it already. And I just listen to it and I just say, agree and add, agree and add, agree and add, agree and add. Yeah, yeah, it's 10 after. Time to go check the cakes, guys. Because I put them in at 11.11 so that I can take them out at 12.12. Because I don't know why, but Spirit said that's how these cakes were to be baked. And so it's 12.12 on my microwave clock and my coffee maker clock. So I'm going to go with that. And I'm going to say, oh my gosh, there's deep love and appreciation for all y'all here. So much, so much. And I'll say chukma. Chapisilacho means hello. I will see you. For we Chikusa have no word for goodbye. Chihodali. Broke down, thought that I would drown. Hoped I'd be found, for I hit the ground. Sunday's at the corner of my eye. Yeah. Saw you weeping, saw you creeping, saw you sneaking in the shadows long I feel so strong